Hi, and welcome to the Iron Boy Podcast. Number five? Are we on five now? I think this is number five. Wow, yeah. that means that that means that means uh, I've done it twice. Uh, anyway, uh, every week on iFanboy, we uh, <laughs> read a bunch of books, or don't, and uh, <laughs> the person who has to re- review them uh, reads through them all and picks out the best one and uh, does a little write-up on the site, and then uh, over the weekend, we, we record this and talk about it uh, for your downloadable pleasure. Uh, this week, uh, uh, as always, I've got uh, Ron and Connor with me. Hello. Hola. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Ron read this week's pick, so he's going to start us off and tell us what he thought. All right. Thank you, Josh. Uh, first off, let me apologize because I'm under the weather and my throat is killing me. But so that doesn't stop you from doing the that pick That doesn't of the week. stop me. I have a mission. I had to read comics and I had to talk about them. So. Um, so I had a light week, you know, about eight books picked up. Um, oddly, well, not oddly enough, all Marvel, no DC, no Image, no Indies, no, just all. It was just a Marvel week, and I don't know if that's a commentary on the kind of books that Marvel put out, but it was really hard. No, to that's find a commentary that really on liked. you <laughs> and the kind of books that Marvel put out. Yeah, I had um, as you, if you read my review on the site on ifanboy.com. Um, you know, that I really high hopes because um, I really, as a kid and, and through the years, have loved the Marvel holiday specials that they put out every year around Christmas, kind of Christmas-themed out-of-continuity stories. And last year's was, was kind of like a return to glory of that of that kind of book. Um, this year, not so much. Just a big disappointment. It was it was just about as awful as it gets. Um, actually, it reminded me of the mid-'90s Marvel holiday specials that were awful. Um, so I ended up picking uh, Generation M, which was the first issue of a five-issue miniseries uh, written by Paul Jenkins and drawn by someone whose name escapes me, um, Raymond Box. And what it is, it's a, it's a uh, supporting miniseries for the Decimation, um, which I've been referring to as a crossover for the past couple of weeks, but you know, I really don't think it's a crossover, really, and more just kind of a banner. I guess uh, Batman did that with the... With the um, Earthquake stuff, didn't they do? It wasn't really a crossover. It was just it was more a, kind of like a, a story arc, a storyline type. It's bigger than that. It's like a... Right. It took over all the books for like a year or more. Right. More than two years. Was right. it? Well, it was the year of the actual... Oh, that uh, was good stuff. The year of the actual Earthquake and the year aftermath. It was good. The no Man's Land and all yeah. that stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think I think this is following that more than just a crossover in that, you know, and if you listen to the podcast and if you read comics, you know, okay, Mutant's been wiped out. There's only th- two, three hundred left. Um, and now they're kind of picking up the pieces. Um, uh, X-Men number 178 also came out this week, one of the core books. And, you know, while, you know, the core books are focusing on how, you know, the whole mutants being wiped out, and then now the government's reaction and bringing back Sentinels and all that kind of stuff, um, how that affects the main kind of Cyclops, Wolverine, Colossus, you know, white Emma Frost team. Um, X-Men number 178 was really bad because Peter Milligan, I don't think, can write comics. Um, well, that's just being overly... Well, well he can't write these kind of comics. He's, it's, just getting, it's just getting worse and worse with every issue, um, which is really kind of disappointing. Um, but it was nice to see that Generation M, on the other hand, while the art really wasn't that great, the story and the approach of the miniseries was actually quite endearing in that it kind of focused on, all right, so this happened and this is kind of a worldwide worldwide thing. What is the reaction of the people in New York City or the reaction of, like, the B or even C-list mutants? Um, and kind of, you know, typical to Marvel, taking the approach of, you know, the every man on the street, um, we they zero in on one reporter for a smaller newspaper called The, the Alternative, who used to do a column 
um, all about mutants, and apparently she, her daughter passed away, and now she's a drunk, and this kind of, this catastrophe has got her paper to bring back her column, and now she's getting her life back together, and she's telling the stories about the mutants that aren't being told, um, and with this issue, uh, focuses on Chamber, who used to be, a, who was introduced in Generation X. Horrible idea of a mutant. About ten years ago. Oh, you think it's a horrible no, idea? No, him. Chamber was oh, just a it, dumb character. Oh, yeah, he was, uh, yeah, well, he... Oddly enough, I like him. <laughs> I swear to God, he, he just never had anything. Up. He never had anything to do. He never had a personality. He just he showed he up stupid. in uh, Runaways before, recently. Yeah, he he was part of that team, the second team. Yeah, right? I liked him. He was one of my favorite characters out of that. I just think it's because he's so odd that, like most people, don't know what to do with him. But he's just he's odd. He's got a big flaming mouth, yeah. which is uh, well, not anymore. Yeah, exactly. And apparently, I guess this book this book further explains that any of the mutants who had any sort of physical change due to their mutant, you know, kind of mutant power, um, their bodies stay the same, but the mutant power just went away. So for a Chamber, whose heart was a nuclear reactor and blew Did a hole in his chest, nuclear. <laughs> nuclear. I'm Good sick. God. Oh, no, please. that is in mispronunciation. <laughs> has nothing to do with illness. <laughs> yes, it does. You will say Fired. nuclear on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Nuclear. And you will like it. Um, anyway, so, um, God. and his lower jaw is blown away and his chest is gone. So he's dead. So now his, his mutant power are gone, except that he's got a big gaping maw off from about his, his upper, from his upper teeth all the way down to his, um, upper, ch- upper chest. So that means you know he's dead. dead? No, he's not dead. How, Luckily, he doesn't have a heart. How can he be alive without a heart? And how can he tell no. the doctor? He just goes, Well, apparently... Apparently, as explained in one page when Cyclops and Wolverine hand him off to the paramedics, that he collapsed and Beast was able to stabilize him. How do you stabilize someone without a heart? Well, what they're doing is they they have a machine that regulates his blood flow. And it's... So basically, they're they're pumping blood into him to keep him alive. Uh What's the point of keeping him alive? Because as soon as they shut the machine off, he dies. Because why, Connor? Because he doesn't have a heart! So, nonetheless, he's now in a New York City hospital because they can take care of him. Oh, and the, the can. <laughs> I have a question for you. How does this explain the blob? It doesn't. It doesn't explain. Well, no, it explains the blob <laughs> because the because the physical what happened to their bodies stays the same, but they lose their powers. So then why did he get thin? Should he have stayed fat? No, no, he didn't get thin. He he, his body. He was thin. I bought the issue after the after the podcast. He's thin. So all, basically, the fat, the subcutaneous yes. fat. Was mutant yes. fat? <laughs> well, if you stay tuned on the back of this issue, they have the covers of of issue two and three, and issue number three has the blob, the blob on the cover. All right, well, I look forward to so, your report on that. So we will find out what happened to the blob. But regardless... Is an editor of, asleep somewhere? That's all there is to it. <laughs> I don't know. In the in, in the week of mediocrity, this this was the only one that stood out as kind of somewhat interesting in terms of Jenkins' script and, and the story that was How told. bad was the art? The art, I, I didn't find the art as, as awful as Art did on the site, um, who commented about it, but it was, you know, like, this guy was obviously trying to, you know, take a little bit of Brent Anderson from Astro City and a little bit of, you know, um, Alex Maleev and maybe Gados from, like, the Daredevil kind of gritty city ones and mix it all together, but it was just... Is this a mini? It, yeah, it's a miniseries. It's a five-issue miniseries. I mean, it really did look like it was it was drawn with, like, pen and then quickly colored, and it was just, like, it it didn't look really very good, so... Unfortunate, but what can you do? Um, the cover looks but okay. No, wait, of the no other... it doesn't. Yeah, no, no it doesn't. <laughs> the face is kind of rough. 
of the of the other books though that came out this week, you know, I mean, New Avengers came out, and I could have made the easy pick and gone with Bendis, but <laughs> honestly, they they revealed who the the mystery ninja Ronin was, and it was kind of a, like I said, was a bit lackluster. So you were like, oh. you were either damned if you do or damned if you don't. You either pick another Bendis book or pick another Decimation X Men. Yeah, pretty pretty much. I mean, you know, it was you know pretty much that. Um, although there was one book that did show promise, and actually I thought of you, Josh, as I was reading it. Um, although it is an X-Men book, it's not a Decimation book. X-Men. Exiles number 73, um, which is the god-awful storyline of their crossing over with the new universe, which was the failed Marvel attempt at a new universe in 19, what was it, 85, under Shooter? Yeah. Um, but the first six pages of the book are simultaneously telling two stories that are happening in two different places, with the page cut and split in half, Ooh, so like- the top half the top half was hap- was what was happening to one group, and the bottom half was what was happening to the other. Mm-hmm. And those layouts were it was just a it was just a interesting and different approach. Like I didn't expect it when I opened it up. Yeah. Um, and while the subject matter manner wasn't that great, this was enough to intrigue me to get to page seven when they just went back to the full page layout and and scrapped the concept. So had they kept that concept through the entire book. That would have been a, a new approach or a different approach, and really would have grabbed me and made me stick with it. But I got really disappointed by page seven. I bet they got. So. I bet they they, you know, like started out and then like it was too hard. Yeah, well, it, well, it would have been really great if it was kind of like. Do you remember? And I know we keep, you know, Connor, we keep talking about it, but like, not we keep talking about it, but it comes up every now and then. But that great shot in in that movie, Rules of Attraction, yes, with Vander Vanderbeek and Sossaman yes, walking towards each other, and and it's the the screen is split in half. And you see, you know, them walking. And walking, it comes walking, together with one shot. And then it comes together when they see each other. Uh-huh. Yeah, like had they taken that approach, where the the two stories when they intersected, then it became a full page. That would have been awesome, but they just didn't. So. <laughs> and Josh, you might be right, but it was probably too hard. So it like sounds to me like why would you do it for seven pages and then stop? Yeah, that's right. weird. That's really weird. Yeah, like like so, I mean, like like the editor was like, "This isn't working. Fix it." And you just go, oh, "All right." I don't know. <laughs> no, but I know exactly well, what you're talking about. That's exactly the kind of thing that makes you like, listen, they, they tried. Yeah. You know, they, they gave it a shot. It failed, ultimately. They did. Exiles kind of failed in, in its delivery of a, of a new and different storyline. So is this uh, House of M thing that good, or is it just that everything else is that bad? Well, the House of M thing is over. It's the decimation thing. Okay, and it's still the same s- thing, though. So far, so far it, has been, it has been that good. I mean, it has been... It has been enough to get me interested in every week. Like Wolverine number thirty six came out this week, and it's starting the whole. Okay, now he knows his memory, and what is he going to do about it? Um, like there are, they are. It, it's enough of a catalyst to provide good stories that make it worth you know going to the store every week to see what happens next. And if that's a if that's saying that they just ran out of ideas or you know or that you know the stories weren't good before this, possibly. But this is just like it was enough of an earthquake to. There to the to the mutant universe that are I really think good stories are going to come out of it because there's just such a wealth of subject matter there because you've got you know the kind of this the the death and the the dismemberment or lack of powers. And is all it stuff something that needed to happen? I mean, was like I mean to me I get the idea that the whole thing was just kind of foundering after. Well, I know. If, I mean, Grant I didn't Morrison. read it. I don't read much X Men. Dep- I only really jump on depending on who's writing it. But it was getting a little unwieldy. It seemed like. The term, in terms of mutants, well, yeah, they're more, but, inter- but the thing- more interesting. They're more interesting ultimately when there's fewer of them. I think. I, I agree. I, I mean, like I like I said previously, I think there's a there's a certain intrigue to them when they're on the run and when they're the outlaws and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, but 
they they could have gone in two like as of six months ago they could have gone in two directions they could have kept the Morrison approach with the school and lots of mutants which after Morrison left I don't really think they knew what to do with but it takes astonishing a hell of an ex- imagination to be able to keep that up yeah right but Josh Whedon, Josh Whedon actually with astonishing X Men had been keeping up that status quo pretty well I mean like he kept that concept he did real going well, yeah. and, did, yeah, did and he so leave so in they a, in a half? was it bad? No, no, no. He's he's they're coming back to fit, to do another twelve issue arc, but they wanted to do it after all this happened, supposedly. Mm-hmm. So apparently, I guess he wasn't involved in the planning of this, and they just when I mean, he was pissed ended. off about something, wasn't he? I think he was. He might have been pissed off about this. I mean, but not pissed off enough to walk out in a half, though. Right. So his stuff was really good. His stuff was was really good, and although and you it didn't like con- it. No, I did like it. I never said I. Yes, didn't you did. Like you it. said you liked it at first, first couple of issues, and then it let you down again. You, we, we, we absolutely had that conversation. Did we? Yes, now? we did. You, you said fascinating. We, I was. I remember. Possibly, I read the list. Oh and, yes, yeah. yeah, no, no, because I really liked the first arc with when Colossus came back and everything. But I, like Colossus. Hey, uh, but, but admittedly, the whole the danger room coming to life and them fighting the danger room wasn't that great. I think we also came out of, out of that discussion realizing you're never going to like any X Men arc. No, that's not true. Yes. That's the no. ultimate irony. Because it would never be as good as, as your favorite classic arcs from when you were a kid, so you would ultimately would ne- they would never live up to it. You know, it's so easy to damn the X-Men Look, fans. this is all I'm it's saying a- to you, because you said that to me. <laughs> I'm just repeating what you said to me back. <laughs> no, there there have been times that, that, there, that there have been approaches to the book and stuff like that that I've really enjoyed. And the, my problem with it is that, and I don't think it's a problem with, well, I think it's a little bit of a problem with the creators, but I think it's more of a problem with editorial and continuity and all them in that they can't, there are moments of greatness that they can't sustain. And that could be a problem across every book, and I just happen to read X-Men books. You mean they can't sustain th- it because of the continuity? Well, no, they can't. They can't sustain it because they they don't they don't because they're doing so much that they can't work do the work to maintain the quality across all the books. Well, there's too many books. There's eighteen. Exactly. Yeah, there are always too many books, and it's it's unfortunate. But like, but every now and then, like like for like I I did previous pick of the weeks were the you know Peter David's Madrox series was an X Men book, and I loved it. I can't wait for X Factor to come out. Right. Well, that, those um, are different. That's sort of the side that's the same as is uncanny. Yeah. Like like let me, I can't remember the last time you were like this week Uncanny X Men blew me away and he did it consistently like say that over Rucka's detective run right. or something like that you haven't right. had one of those in forever I, the thing is is that the thing is, is that it's been a, it's been a it's been a musical chairs of creators for the past five years Morrison and that nobody was on the one X Men for a long time wasn't he yes yeah here's the I think I'm gonna propose a rad- radical idea which Ron is gonna hate but okay I think maybe Marvel has gotten to the point now where they need to have a Crisis on Infinite Earth style reboot of the continuity. Well, I think that's what this was. No, for the whole universe, start over like DC right. did in '86, because you're getting to the point now where you've got you're looking at 34, 30 or forty years of of continuity starting to drag you down. I mean, DC did it in '85, and this every ten years or so they get dragged down just from the ten or five, ten years previous, and they do it. Yeah, it's tough. Zero hour and now and Infinite Crisis again, but it seems like maybe Marvel needs to just wipe the board. Yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, and uh, but the thing is, I don't think they ever would do that. No way that happens. Yeah. DC, for some reason, it's it seems to be more acceptable to do that. Like Marvel, you couldn't do it because there's so many of those. Well, you could, you could easily do it, but no, you could. Well, but I I mean, one like, one would argue you'd, alien, you'd alienate more that. people doing it with that than you would. Like people get people get into X Men uh, continuity way more than they do the Flash or it's whoever. True. Yeah, no, I mean it's way true. more. I don't think there's anything even close to that. 
but not not even not even X Men continuity, but Spider Man continuity. I mean, if you look at Avengers, if you look at the, all that stuff. Yeah, if you yeah, because one of the things that makes Marvel so great and and I guess really differentiates it in my eyes from DC was that it has as opposed to abandoning that history and starting over, it's kind of embraced it and continued it. And while you know you know Jean Grey and and Bucky jokes aside. You know, it's been that kind of thing that, you know, like this visceral reaction. So when Straczynski does that storyline last year about um, those uh, Peter and Gwen's possible kids, and it turns out that Green Goblin and Gwen, Green Goblin got Gwen pregnant, and all, they, I mean, that, to a lot of people, that ended Spider Man right then and there because they couldn't believe it how they just spit on the past. Well, right, um, but even, I'm, I'm, what happens in another 10 years? How much weight yeah. can you sustain? I think the point is is that it's getting to the point where it's almost impossible to to both keep a hold on the past and have it remain logical. Yeah. It, it doesn't like it's almost impossible to have it make sense, right? Because you can I, go forward in time, but you've got to make concessions somewhere. Peter Parker can't be fifty five, right? So yeah. that means that everything had to happen between the time he was sixteen and twenty two, and it right. well, doesn't I, make sense. Well, I think I mean like we we we've kind of laughed and joked about this before, but we've seen like the age, the 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 time in the Marvel universe seems to be on really slow because you know like you know sh- you know Kitty Pride is twenty and Rogue is like twenty two and Hot. meanwhile they yeah 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 and mean, meanwhile they and meanwhile they've been in these they've been in these books for like you know twenty years. Well, comic so book time in general, superhero time is is elastic, and you have to sort of it has to right. make sense in your head. But that's not that's not really the point. Not the aging issue. It's just the fact that. You can't have all of these stories be sacred. You, you well, can't. You can't. Just the way to the way of forty years of sacred stories that don't, doesn't make sense. The, but because it's, that's it's non-logical, like, and then you've got writers today trying to make it logical, and a bunch of readers are going, "That doesn't make any sense," because it literally cannot make sense anymore. Well, it's almost like I can't. You know, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud, but it's almost like they need to take. I almost think that they need to to like go meet with like the young and the restless writers, or like the soap operas writers, because. They don't reboot Guiding Light or All My Children. They, they've been going no, on. No, but also those characters age. I mean, they true, age yeah, they and they it, leave. Yeah. The people, right? Yeah, true. I used to watch All My Children in college, which I'm man enough to admit. And, wow. And I, I don't know, know what that. happened to this conversation in the last couple of minutes. <laughs> well, well, let me just let me just make the point. I was in on it now, and 90 percent of the characters are new because they have they eventually have to get rid of the old ones and replace them. You couldn't. Are you prepared to say well, that? All right, now they start to age like normal, and then in ten years, Spider-Man well, retires, think, and we'll, you know. I think you know we need I mean? to get off the aging. I think we need to get off the aging. No, thing, but you, if you you're yourself, gonna compare to right. soap opera, that's the that happens in soap operas. They, characters right, age. Right, no, and they but, move I, but on. the age thing isn't gonna happen. I mean, like the thing is, is that you know, Mister Fantastic is always gonna have those gray temples, and and Spider-Man, you know, and uh, although now he's married, but he's always gonna be in his twenties, and and we're not gonna see. But he wasn't always I, in his twenties; he was a teenager. Right, no, I know, but 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 they they are doing some level of maturation, maturation or whatever, or growth of these characters. Right, I don't know what I'm saying. But, that's a problem. That's but no, but but the thing is, is that what I'm, what what I'm trying to say is that you do have the new characters coming in and characters going away and that sort of thing. I mean, look, I mean, case in point, we jo- we've joked about you know Iceman you know being an accountant and losing his powers and stuff like that. He will probably fade in the background after the storyline is done and be gone either forever or somehow he'll get his powers back and. You know, and and be a, a character again. The same thing, like with you know, Jean Grey. Di- you know, Phoenix, you know, Dark Phoenix dies, and then five years later they resurrect her, and then she's back, and then she's gone, and then she's back. I mean, characters move in and out as the stories, you know, you know, mandate themselves. So it's, I don't know, it's. But they do age. Peter Parker yeah. has age. And my, I think what I'm saying is that if you're going to conceit that you have to bend reality for that. 
then people have to be able to, to bend be reality flex- and adjust flexible. the past so that right. they can keep doing things. Right. Well, the, the thing is, is that don't get me wrong. I mean, like when you say that, you know, like that I'm, you know, forever nostalgic for the books of my, the X Men books of my youth, and I just want it to be like Claremont and Byrne back in the '80s or whatever. I, I don't mean that from a story standpoint. I mean it from a quality standpoint. That that I really feel as if you took that, you know, all the, you know, you take any trade paperback from Morrison's run, and you and you sit down next to Dark Phoenix Saga or Days of Future Past or. Um, from the Ashes or the Extinction Agenda or any of those old ones, it doesn't hold up not because of continuity or because of there are too many mutants, it's because the quality isn't there. Well, when when how many how many X Men books were there when Claremont was writing? Okay, the two X-Men to four. The 80s. Yeah, two. one. Yeah, one or two. One or two. Yeah. Now you've yeah. got counting miniseries and yep. offshoots. You got fifteen X Men related books. Of course, the, yeah. you, you'll never have the quality that good when the entire run is not under the auspices of one writer. Bob it's Harris like, has like, this argument with himself all the time as he sits by himself and smokes. <laughs> it's like it's, it just it's won't like pitch- come together. <laughs> it's like it's like pitching in the major leagues now, with thirty teams. There's just not enough pitching. Yeah, you know. And, well, it's, and not, that's it's the, not even there's not enough. There are thirty good writers. There are thirty talented writers. The problem is you right. can't maintain a cohesive vision with thirty books. You right. could with one and, book. And, you can and, with two books. You can't with with ten. And, or and that's where that's where it goes. Where I say it goes back to more to editorial and publishing and stuff like that. Where I I truly believe that they could maintain the quality with thirty books if they had the right resources on it, but they obviously don't. You also you mean, really like, think that with thirty I mean, books they could they can. could have something that all holds together? It's, it's too unwieldy. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You could if you if they didn't come out monthly. If they came out quarterly, maybe, but not not. A maybe monthly. if you did them like the Law and Order shows, and they all have nothing yeah. to do with one another. And they don't have they, to relate I, to one another. And after one week, you move on, and it's the next week, and there's no reference to the past. Right. You can you do it that. You can't coordinate 30 books. That's that's impossible. Well, 30 is a bit much. I 15 mean, books I'm you can't. Point. 15 monthly yeah. titles you can't keep all in line. Let me look right. it up here. Currently, there are 792 X-Men books on the market. <laughs> I may be reading that figure wrong. And no, and and the thing is that while I'm a, you know an, an X-Men fan, I don't buy all 732. You know, the, the, the multiple four. man has eight titles just for his various clones. <laughs> hey man, hey next week when that oh well, I was all excited for X Factor number one because it was supposed to come out on November twenty third, but it got delayed. Never did, did and that's coming out sometime in December. That's not a good but sign. That, I know, but it's, you know what's not uh, a good sign is that you say things like "I was all excited for it," and they've relaunched who knows how many books, <laughs> and there's never been once where you've been like, "Oh, that delivered. That was the stuff." Where you had to have a cigarette afterwards. But you, but you keep coming back like a little like a little kid just waiting to be beaten. <laughs> it's just horrible. I'm totally this time this time Excalibur. This time, <laughs> well, it's just because you just cross your fingers and you hope. It just you know it, 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 it. I mean, like, why did we wait in line for all three of the Star Wars movies? I did too. <laughs> I mean, but no, but regardless though, but why? Because by the third one, that. I was like, I'm not going back. I'm not going back right away. <laughs> I saw it that night, but I didn't get in line. <laughs> Bought tickets at the ArcLight. <laughs> well, we know you start, you weren't certainly going to get your comic books that day. It was a Thursday. <laughs> anyway, so I don't. I mean, I don't think we're gonna. Fi- if Marvel can't figure it out, I don't think we're gonna figure it out. But um, well, there are solutions. They, they just, just won't listen to my solution. They just can't. Yeah. They won't implement the solutions. They don't. Well, the problem is the problem is that the solution goes against the marketing plan, right. and that's that's where that's exactly. where we'll always get. The problem is yeah. sucks because they're trying to make as much money as possible. Now exactly. you can't. You can't. I mean, like, yeah, if they if they went down, they cut down to two books, 
and they had an yeah. editor who knew his stuff, and they had you know two writers they knew who knew where were, everybody they, was at every time. And, yeah. yeah, man, they could they could do some good books, I think. Yeah, the problem is there with good good ideas. Right, and the problem is what we talked about in the crossover podcast is that you've got a limited base of fans. How do you make more money? You put out more books. You put out eight hundred eight hundred uh, X Men books because there've been eight eight announced in the last five minutes. Um, <laughs> you put out eight hundred X Men books, and the X Men fans will buy most of them. That's how you make right, more yeah. money. If you put it down to two, you're not going to make any new fans because there aren't any new fans. You're just going to sell less books. Right. Do you think uh, though, a... if if you if you really if you put all your eggs into one or two baskets, like if you really said, all right, you know what, let's just reel this in, and make it really good, you think it would make a difference? I guess they probably wouldn't get any more sales, so there'd be no point in doing. Well, it. I mean, but you could you could say they did that with the Ultimate line. Well, we've had this discussion okay. where how many how many comic book reading people are, do we think there actually are? We think we just right. talked maybe five hundred thousand. So at the most, every single if every single comic book fan bought your book. You're still only selling. Fraction of what you sold in the eighties, a fraction of what you sold. So in the entire world, there's only a half a million people who that's I could just, relate to. That's our, I don't know if that's accurate. I think that I'd that's, say a third of those are just you know the the other kind. I think that's I think <laughs> that's a pretty close because top selling book sells if it's lucky a hundred thousand books. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to see some more numbers. I don't know about that. Uh, that's my my un. Scientific estimate. I don't think there's any more than 500,000 people. Reading. There's probably less than that because I imagine a large amount of them are buying multiple copies still, just in case. Right. So of the 100,000, you know, about 1,000 of those are just one guy. Hey, somebody's sending books to the CGC. <laughs> What's great is that somewhere some guy is having his Generation M number one slab. Because he's <laughs> exactly. like, you know, this chamber eBay, guy, this... there could be a movie. And when there is... Ugh, I'm going to cash in. <laughs> I, hate, I hate those people. <laughs> do they the still worst. exist? I haven't read a wizard in a long yeah. time. Yeah, they do. They do. Does wizards still uh, push the CGC of books? I, I don't know this for sure, so this could be incorrect, but I'm pretty sure wizard owns a piece of that. Right, I which is why I'm asking right. if they still push but, it, because oh, you're the only one left who reads wizard. Yeah, I know. Apparently, I don't know why. Let me ask you, I do you enjoy up. wizard? Um, from time to time, there's a good article. Uh, honestly, from time to time, there's a good article. Like there, there was a. What's time to time mean? Two, three times a year? Because every once in a while, I will flip through a GQ and think, "Hey, that's a good article." I don't subscribe. Right. What's it gonna take? Well, I don't. I mean, I don't subscribe to it. You just, I just buy it every month, month, which is so <laughs> good. By subscribing, where you'd there's save money. <laughs> you'd save money by subscribing at least. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I did that. I had a subscription once. I've never had a subscription to Wizard. Well, this way, he take his cover. Ooh. <laughs> and he would come all trashed, and you'd hate that. <laughs> Do you have all your Wizards? Do you save them all? Well, well, yeah, but that's because I save all my, I save all my magazines. He's got, so he's got does, magazines from floor to ceiling. Yeah, I've got. I mean, if you if you want to know who's who's on the cover of Entertainment Weekly the week of um, April fourth, nineteen ninety six, I could tell you. Tell me right now without looking. That would be impressive. No, they're all packed up in storage. No, but I, I have a ridiculous number of magazines in my parents' basement. So why? Because because there's no room to storm here. Okay, that was really not the part of the. <laughs> that wasn't the why. Was was <laughs> 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 well, honestly, Josh, I just don't have enough room. <laughs> yeah, I was going a little deeper. <laughs> I don't know. I just like to keep them. You never know when you want to read them. Have you ever gone back and read them? I've, n- I've never gone back and read another issue. <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm I'm adamantly against recycling. <laughs> <laughs> he 
he doesn't want to throw it away, but he doesn't want to recycle it either. So I'll just hang on. <laughs> so anyway, enough about me. So um, no, you're fascinating. I'm sorry. It just keeps going that way. <laughs> oh, before we get off, I, we we can't. We have to keep you updated on the Ultimate Vision. Oh, there was another part of Ultimate Vision. We had part number three on the back of Ultimate Fantastic oh, Four, which you turn around. <laughs> where she scratched her leg. Robot stand up. <laughs> uh, and it, this issue was four pages, and I don't know what happened. What do you mean? Only four pages. I can't. I read it, and it, there are words, but they don't seem to be in any order that makes sense. Mark Millar write that? Yeah. Any chance that he raped a nun? <laughs> There's no nun as far as I can. From what I can tell, the vision is talking about is. Is, ta- is talking to some black guy in a tie, and they seem to be on her home planet, but not. And she's telling him what happened. Oh, with Galactus home planet. Came. Yeah. What home planet? It's a robot from it, Earth. No, Vision is when a. you have four pages, home. you shouldn't have any exposition about what happened. Yeah, well, this is what we're having. <laughs> Back in issue two. <laughs> <laughs> issue, issue three. So Refer to issue, issue three, when, <laughs> panel four. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a mess. It's a, It's an absolute mess. So, anyway. So Connor, what did you get this week? Uh, uh, was I supposed to buy comics? <laughs> Welcome to the club. Um, here's what happened. I'm on vacation, and my regular comic book store is is near my office, and that's just really far away. So I don't like you know I'm on vacation. I didn't shower. I grew some sort of weird Fu Manchu. I just I didn't want to go all the way into Manhattan. Which is, you know, it's like a good 30 minutes on the subway. Who wants to do that when you could be playing Warcraft at home? Uh, so I went to my local comic store, which is awful, and I try not to go there at all costs because it's one of those terrible um, stocks, mostly Marvel books. It's really cluttered, and, and you can't move around. It's too much stuff in there. The the, the owner has a hacking cough, and just, <laughs> they never have any... You want a Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> never had any books... When I, I, went, I went there for a year when I w- was working a different place, and I would have to go to a second shop at least half the time to pick up a DC book they didn't stock or only stocked I one of. Or, God forbid, I buy something that wasn't DC or Marvel, I had to go somewhere else. So it was with great trepidation that I went to the, to the local store only to find it shuttered and the contents in boxes. So that store is no longer with us. And, uh, and it's so surprising that, it, that it's no longer with us, considering how dedicated I know. we were. Well, it was a shock, but it wasn't a shock. You know, like, I, I, I didn't break stride, but I stutter-stepped. You know, I walked right past <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> What's funny is that you were on your way there, so I would I assume just, that you would have walked up from one direction, and then after you came out, come back that same direction, but you chose to just keep walking. I made a big circle, whatever what I did was... <laughs> Because <laughs> you didn't want anyone on the street to see your surprise. <laughs> well, I had you to, to walk up to it. Go ahead. Right. I had another errand to run, so. But uh, I did make. Sure I did. I was not in the least surprised because it was, like I said, a terrible store, and there's probably the same three or four people I saw there every week when I went there. So that wasn't well, a surprise. He, he, but then again, one of his like, customers it, died and he couldn't survive anymore. It's the only shop in the area. So. Well, he, here's a question for you When was the last time you were there? Oh, jeez. Uh. In the store, or in the... In the yeah, l- the last time you went to the store to buy something. Oh, jeez, I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, well, that might be the reason why. All right, guys, It's not it my is. fault, it's not my no, fault. No, 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 here, here it is, you gotta, this is important. There's an opening in Park Slope for a comic shop. Let's live the dream. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! 
It's funny because as, as I was It'll watching... be like this all the time! <laughs> Look at this cover! Blah, blah, blah. You play Warcraft! Blah, blah, blah. blah. Roll a 20! It's... Oh! I'm... Bye! <laughs> Sorry. I, um... It's funny, as I was walking up to the store, uh, a guy, an older man and his son, his younger child, walked up and he was like, Oh, it's closed! And I thought to myself, there's no way that kid's going to buy comics. I... Old guy was looking for his his comics, and that's part of the reason why it's probably closed. Did the kid say, "Oh, it's closed"? Oh no, the, the kid never looked up from his oh. PSP. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, as you'd be like, that was that would be such an idyllic little story. Like you're there at the close, the the comic shop's all boarded up, and the kid's like, "Oh, Dad, how am I gonna get Amazing Spider-Man now?" You know. If anything, he was gonna be sad about not getting magic cards. Yeah. But no. so it Magic's obviously not around anymore. It obviously just happened. Recently, so yeah. I mean, there was still merchandise in the store; it just was in boxes. But oh. but uh, now I've got no recourse if I don't go to the place. I have, you to have no recourse have to, but to open a store. I have. It's true. I'm gonna open one uh, next week. <laughs> They'll give you money. <laughs> you just go in there and you talk to them. I know all about Batman. So if I'm if I'm in, if I'm out of luck for comics, I've got to go travel. I can't walk anywhere now. So, uh. which is anathema to a New Yorker, but. That's my story. I got no books this week. I'm not gonna get anything until next week when I'm back at work. Oh, happy day! And you get a double. You get the the fantastic double week that Josh has become a pro at. Triple, <laughs> triple. A double week, week is, a good, is pick, a good week for Josh. I only pick my book <laughs> books up when uh, when I have to do pick of the week. <laughs> but I had a light week. It was, it was only going to be eight books. But that's so. that's changing though, right? Yeah, it should. In January. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm almost out. But all the other thing is, I live in Los Angeles where. From drive. the end of November until January, you do travel as little as possible because once this city goes Christmas shopping, uh, there's no oh, movement. Gridlock. Oh, it's awful. Also, it gets really yeah. cold. It gets in like the 60s, right? Uh, it is. <laughs> it is in the mid 60s right now. Uh, Who wants it, to go it, out in that? It rained a little bit. <laughs> uh oh. We well, definitely don't want to go out in that. No, but the traffic. The, the, I'm, I swear, if you look down, like at the freeway from our office, you can see the freeway. And every single night now, it's just like all you see is brake lights. It's not even like anybody's going anywhere. Dude, it's just I don't go anywhere. <laughs> it's, it's safe to assume you don't have any comics to talk about either. I no. All right. But I'm we almost done with my Lord of the Rings book. We dropped the ball. I, right. I apologize, Ron. That's all right. Josh, you know, Josh, I, you know, I'm. I Here I am. The ball. S- here I am, sick, working all week. Someone had to carry the iFanboy banner this week, and you know, me and my ex, me and my X Men books. You must be so proud. It gave me it gave me a good forty minutes of annoyance <laughs> this week. Well, you you were you were upset about having to carry that twenty five dollars around. Exactly. It was it wasn't gaining very much interest. It just what's the point? <laughs> Hey Connor, what was the name of your store that closed? Was it Comics Plus? Yes. Okay. How'd you know that? I wish it was it not- something to do with a dragon. Galaxy Collectibles, spelt C O L L C O L L E C T A B L E S, is at four twenty nine Fifth Avenue, and Mutant Mania Three is at six eight six eight two three Fifth Avenue. Oh, that's nearby you, or who knows? <laughs> I'll, look, I'll look later. He didn't really know if there's not another store. There could be one a block away, but you wouldn't know. Well, he didn't I really, look. I really think, you, I really think you have to walk into Galaxy Collect Tables <laughs> and, and, and and just kind of walk around, sit down, nod, and say, 
This'll do. <laughs> and just and just hang out there for like four what hours. What you need to do is you need to go in there, you need to grab a seat at their giant uh, playing board mountain set. <laughs> and maybe 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 paint a pewter figure real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and then discuss maybe if they have some sort of subscription service where they can save their issues of ElfQuest. <laughs> uh, for you. At a discount, of course. You know, that's that's really interesting. It's like, how long do you have to shop at a store before you're a recognized regular? Uh, well, it depends on the store. My, you know, my regular store is so big that I'm never going to be a recognized regular. Well, yeah, you're just a number, right? Although, although you are a stand-up guy. Apparently, I am. I've written in my, you know, we've got they've got a service where you they keep track of your purchases and they give you a discount when you hit a certain number. So they everybody has a computer file that shops there regularly and. A couple of weeks ago, I went in there and I gave the the woman behind the counter my number, and she said, "Oh, you're a stand-up guy." And I was really confused <laughs> for a minute. And I said, "What do you mean?" And she said, "Well, it says here in the computer." And I looked over and there it said "stand-up guy," so I don't know what that means. And I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> it means they haven't caught you stealing well, yet. Not yet. Did anyway. you have a comedy set that night? Maybe I am a stand-up. Maybe there's another you're comedy stand-up guy. You never showed up, and so you lost your status. <laughs> So, but yeah, they're so big. I'm never, you know, you're never a regular. Right. My guy knew me, which is why it was so hard to break up with him. I, have, but, I do uh, have an interesting note about my store, which uh, is not based on anything we've talked about here, but conversations I've had with Ron and Josh off the podcast. Um, my store used to be, you, you know, the, you walk in and the, you had the racks of comics on the on the wall was all the new stuff, and in the middle was all their back issues. And a few weeks ago, I walked in, all their back issues are now. Um, gone have been replaced by trade paperbacks. Interesting. So Where just, in Midtown? Yeah, Midtown. The whole ground floor is now all trade paperbacks. Really? Yeah. They had so a weird method of of doing the pra- trade paperbacks though. It was like that long. It was all. Snake. It was like it was on those shelves. It was, yeah, it was, yeah, but, it was but it's just an interesting sort of evolution of Midtown's a humongous store. They they do a big business and they dude back issues. Uh, back yeah. issues are dead and trades. Are, I think I think back issues are dead. Yeah. So I mean, and I walked I think, in and I, I was like, "What?" Like you felt you like you walked it. off the wrong floor in the elevator in, in a building or something. It, was just... it used to be that after something happened, you you couldn't get it. Yeah. So you right. only had the back issue, and now, or so like if you wanted to read the whole story, well now you can get a trade paperback, or or in a lot of cases you can get it off the web. The back issue is is a. Uh... I think no more. I, I used to I used to actively buy back issues. I used to, used to. try. I was. Yeah, used to. I mean, I haven't in years. I mean, it probably because my, you know, twenty six long boxes are in storage because I don't have enough room here. But um, they're burying you to... with those. Yeah, I know. I used to. Um, well, your storage is to... just one big fire hazard, isn't it? Magazines and comics. Well, I think and... I think a st- I think I think the entire storage unit building as a, as a whole is one big fire hazard. <laughs> As evidenced by the insurance policy that they offered me when I signed up for it, that protected from um, urban riots. <laughs> um, in Nor- what was it? In Norwalk, in- Connecticut. I swear to God, this insurance policy. I should get a copy of it. It 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 outlines all the things you're protected for, and of course, it's like fire, you know, act of God, Flooding. tornado, hurricane, all stuff. But then it got into urban riots. Um, Spaceship related debris, <laughs> like it was just like it was just like it was like you've got to be kidding me! You've got to be kidding me! It's covering so, all their bases, they have the best. Yeah, exactly. Ever, so, so, so when the when the aliens do invade Norwalk, I will I'll be my comics will be insured. So, um, but um, oh, thank God. And I think with that, 
<laughs> we've strayed far enough off topic, and uh, we've wasted everyone's enough time. We've wasted so. everyone's time. But if you want to go read Ron's full review of this week's pick of the week, you can go to ifanboy.com and check it out there. If you want it, yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> Because all the money, all the women, even all the comic books in the world, they can't substitute for that one person.